This is where we hold them. This is where we fight. The Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. Rob, what's good, homie? Yo, first off, I know I know you talked about it last week. Get the plugs in, baby. Dude, Sweep the Rack shirts are live on our Etsy store. I got rosin bags. I got sweep the rack logo shirts. I have a patch pirate logo. I'm merch, gonna, merch, uh, merch, 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 merch. I'm gonna talk. Um, I'm gonna start designing a little bit more shirts. Uh, give us some more variety. Uh, a couple of bigger sizes. Uh, I need to get some double XL and um. Bob, appreciate that, Hoss. Maybe I'll see you this weekend at uh at one of the great tack events. Father's Day is Sunday, so I definitely won't be going Sunday. I'll be spending the time with uh, with my family, but perhaps Saturday for Mike, the don't, friction. Don't ruin, my, don't ruin my my shirt plug here, Mike. Because sorry, go ahead. go ahead. Yeah, so we have some double XL, triple XL shirts coming. I have to just put those together. Um, you know, we'll maybe throw some of the ideas we had. Some people had some good ideas, uh, like "What up, homie?" Uh, some you know other kind of just knit shirts for the show. Um, so yeah, I already told you I need the I need the I know Reddit the post shot. on Reddit the shirt. Okay. I'll, I'll work on it this weekend. Pain? What yeah. was I forget the exact phrasing, but it was something like embarrassment, pain, and misery, <laughs> something <laughs> like that. I need that. Bowling uh, league, pain, misery, and uh, you know, torture or something. Anyway, that was so sick. That was so yeah. sick. All right. Um, you weren't here last week. I wasn't. We weren't here last week, so uh, we called. We called in the big guns. Uh, we we hit up our boy. Actually, if you want to know the true story, we hit up basically everyone we know <laughs> to see who wanted to come on the show. No one was available. So, uh, in a last ditch effort to entertain the people, we hit up our guy, and uh, he was nice enough to come on. It had been a while since he had been on. We had some fun with it. Uh, him and I got to do some wire conversation, which we always love. Uh, so yeah, it was fun to have Bill on. My biggest takeaway from my conversation with him last week, and I don't know who, if, if anyone caught this, I should have, I should have paused the show when he said this, and and made sure that everybody heard it. But uh, he said that that he 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 looked at me like I threw it like David Ozio, and I just, I mean, I just he wanted to cry, you, bro. He, he said he told you you throw it like David Ozio. He said he didn't say I throw it like David Ozio. Now he I don't said, see that. He said, at one time, uh, at one okay. time, he looked at me as if I, I threw like David Ozio. And I mean, you, you can, you, you, you know, it makes sense. It makes sense, you know? So, uh, you man, that oh, lit I'll, a fire under me. Let me tell you, that lit a fire under oh, me. Yeah. I said, man, I want to, I need to, I need to get back to that. I need to get back to that for sure. So, per, uh, no league review, no league review this week. I didn't bowl this week. Uh, Darn it. <laughs> Good. I was in Vegas, so I mean, 
I was. Oh, really I thought you were. Gonna, I thought you were going to give me a hard time for not showing up for league. Well, uh, I mean, seem, I mean, it seems like you're hating on me on Twitter. Well, like because I know you don't. I know you don't want a bowl, and you say yes, you do, I do, but I know you bowl. don't. Yes, I do. Listen, you're a hundred percent wrong about. It. You're <laughs> you're more wrong about that than than the clown was about anything on his podcast. But you, you, you I want a bowl, bro. I'm bowling the league. Maybe, I, 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 maybe I might it's because I would want a bowl. Responded to you on Twitter. I might not miss another week the whole entire summer. I just, I you know, last night my daughter had a chorus performance. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna miss my daughter's chorus performance for league. Uh, yeah, I hear you. But here's here's especially, the, especially a six-man league on, I know, uh, on, I know. on but that I'm ends done. at 11 o'clock at night. Listen, not only was it the chorus concert last night, but it was also the last night I would have had the bowl with work the next day. So uh, yeah, it's all good. Work. We're, we're yeah. in the clear now, bro. We're all in the right. clear. We're done on Wednesday, and I got league on Wednesday. So yeah. sleeping in on Thursday. We're good. We're straight. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there the rest of the time. Here's the unfortunate right. thing about bowling these sport leagues and these singles sport leagues and leagues in general. This is one of the things I like about the format that we did on the Tuesday night thing that I ran last year. You got to get a sub. You got to get a sub. And like, it's impossible to get a sub. And yeah, nobody, okay? wants to bowl. nobody, no one wants to bowl on this stuff. It's six people on a pair. It's the summer. Like no one wants to bowl. Right. So move on. no, no, I was fortunate enough to, um, be able to get somebody to bowl for me who is already there. Like they're usually already there hanging out, uh, watching, watching some people bowl. Oh, so. uh, wait, wait, wait. There's always that one guy hanging around waiting for some no, free stuff bowling, like man. It's not like that. <laughs> it's always one. No, be a hundred percent. It's, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a girlfriend of a bowler in the league who also okay. bowls herself. Oh, so she's there. She's got her stuff with her. It's yes. Like, yes. Actually, yeah, yeah, she's it. like, oh, yeah. she, she's practicing a little bit after at times. Sure. Um, sure, sure. So yeah, I just, yeah, I told her, go ahead. Don't worry about it. Jump in. The professional sub. It's always there. There's always now, I don't, guy. I didn't check anything. I don't even check the standings in this league. So I don't really care, but I woke up, I woke up to a text this morning from her, from her boyfriend and he said, she said she's sorry. So, <laughs> yeah, that didn't, that, didn't, that didn't go well. You better so, off in the blind. No. Okay. So, like, the week before, I almost – you weren't here. I almost swept. I won 24 out of 25 points. And I vaulted up the standings. So, I put her in a tough position because – you bowl against the people all around you in the standing. So this this right. past week, this past Wednesday, I was going to be bowling with all the people who had bowled good on this pattern the week before. So, yeah, she had a tough task ahead of her. And, yeah. you know, if you're one of the people that bowls in that league that listens to this podcast, when you see me drop down in the standings this week, don't think that I ain't coming back for you, okay, because <laughs> I will be back next week. Man, right? he takes 24 to 25 now. He's uh, getting a little bit cocky here. Yeah, no doubt. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Uh, so, so yeah, no, no league report. Um, but uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe bowling Greg Tax, who again was one of our co-hosts last week. Shout to Greg. Thanks for that. Uh, he's always, he's always an interesting cat to involve in a bowling conversation. I'll, I'll give him that. Uh, I might bowl his event on Saturday. He's having an event, back-to-back events, Saturday and Sunday this weekend. Saturday is the Friction Marathon which is like an ultra-short pattern, and Sunday is the frictionless marathon. Now, originally, when the schedule came out, here was my thought, Rob. Tell me what you think about this. It's in Turnersville, New Jersey, okay, which is like 
a little bit south of Philly. All right, it's about a half hour, half hour south of Philly. So I was thinking bowl Saturday, shoot to AC Saturday night, do the night in AC, hang, dinner, gamble, and then boom, get up Sunday and go back and bowl the next one Sunday. Man, that sounds that sounds like Sunday you're gonna be bowling on fumes, but sounds good to me, man. I mean, go for it. I don't know. Nah, I can't do it. Sunday's Sunday. Father's Day. I re- then I realized that when I when I took a look at the so what better took, way to spend Father's Day to, oh, to bowl, no, man? No, no, no. I spend Father's Day with the fam, bro. No, man. Hey, be. tell the fam I I want to spend my Father's Day bowling. And what are they gonna do? They can't say no. <laughs> yeah, Tim, hit me up. I think did you email me? I'm not sure. You DM me, but if I, I forget. If you didn't hit me up, uh, Tim saying he's coming out to Jersey July eighth, I will. I will be around then. Somebody else emailed me and said they were coming out on July first or second or something like that weekend. First. Yeah, yeah. And I'm actually I'm not going to be around that weekend. I'm going to be I'm going to be up the mountains uh, at Bill's house for July fourth. Uh, up at his uh, development, they have a really nice uh, July fourth weekend thing that we went up for last sure year. You, uh... So we're going up again this year. Make sure I won't, you I won't park his, on the grass. Yeah, make sure you run over his freshly cut grass. No, like I won't I park on the grass. I'll park in the driveway where I'm supposed cool. to park. I won't. I won't right. break anything and hit anything. I actually make things. I leave things nicer than I left them. I don't destroy them like some other people. But nonetheless, no, man, I, I admitted it. I took responsibility for it. I didn't. I didn't just do it and leave. Uh, you were in Vegas. We I didn't see Vegas. much. We didn't see much. Let's see. We saw. Some we saw some action at the pool the first day. Mm-hmm. We saw some some action at the uh, Circa Sportsbook Ooh. pool, which looked that really cool. Insane. I wish I wish you would have sent out more uh, more uh, stories from there. That place looked pretty cool. I saw your boy in a wheelchair. What oh, happened? My. Oh, dude, he he uh, passed out in Aria, like right in the, in the, literally in the hotel lobby. Um, like he was on the floor, like passed out, and okay. security security came over. Uh, I had his room key, so they called me, and I'm keep in mind bombed, right? Mm. I walk over, and security gives me a sobriety test, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" And then uh, they uh, he wakes up and he's in the wheelchair, and they wheelchaired him up to the room, and I I was taking video, and they were cursing at me, and uh, yeah, I saw. Uh, because I was taking the video and they don't want me taking the video. I'm like, I ain't missing this shit from them. So I'm taking videos and it was such a train wreck. It was it, it was hilarious. See, I gotta say, it's not the first time I've seen somebody. Uh, well, I know get, who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about. It. An old casino. guest, an old show guest, got carted <laughs> out of a casino once. You know, go back to see, go back to season one episode. I think and he's done. He's not, and he's honestly, he's not even the only one. He's not yeah, even no, the only one. There's a few guests, old guests. Oh, that. Man. Um, yeah, so, All right, so uh, you had a good time in Vegas. You I went, did. you went to see Jerry Seinfeld. I saw, I did that. That bucket list for me. Um, because awesome. that's anybody knows me, knows I am the biggest Jerry, I am the biggest Seinfeld fan. Like when it comes to the show, right? His show, and I always wanted to go see stand up, and it happened to work out where when I was there the weekend, he was playing at Caesars, which is rare. He, he only plays like here and there, he plays in New York City every once in a while. Anyway, uh, he did a little bit of on bowling, Mike, and I was sitting there like, "Oh man, some content for the show." And so Seinfeld went into bowling a little bit, and he talked about how he, you know, he's a family man now, and he's got three kids, and he took them bowling. And he goes, "Man, he goes, what happened when I was a kid? 
you know, everything we earned, right? Like, you know, you had to do nothing came easy, right? I go to the bowling alley and now they have these like things coming out of the gutter that prevent the bowling balls from going in the gutter. And he's like, I, I don't know, you know, it's like bumpers or something. He's like, what, what kind of shit is this? He's like, these kids are getting pins every shot. He's like, when I was a kid, I threw the ball in the gutter. I wasn't getting nothing. I was getting zero. He's like, man, he's like, bowling is like, was it turning the easy? Like, and I'm just sitting there going, oh, you have no idea. I'm like yelling. And he, he's like, this shit's so easy. Where's Mike? Where's Mike to, to put Seinfeld in? You know, <laughs> I, I would have had to stop the whole show. So you would have walked on stage. I would have stood up, walked on stage, and been like, Jerry, you have no idea, son. Let me break <laughs> this down for you. Let me break yeah, this so down for you. He started going to bowling, and I'm laughing about it. And my friends are all looking at me because they know, obviously, like I'm a, you know, a bowler and I, I run the show and whatever. And then uh, he started to talk about how his friends always want to take him golfing. And his friends were always talking about how golf is like the hardest, the hardest, most challenging sport there is. And, you know, everybody should want to do it because it's so challenging and it's so hard. And and I'm thinking to myself, man, like, so why, and I'm th- why is bowling, if bowling was the most hardest thing ever and most challenging thing ever, why is everybody going to quit bowling? But if golf is the most challenging sport, then everybody wants to do it because it's so challenging. But the minute you put out something challenging as a and in bowling, the first thing everybody says is, "Oh, we can't do that because everybody's gonna quit right Is't that the first thing you think about? And I know we're gonna get into a good transition about the Twitter conversation that you had with you know that we got into it not got into it, but Belmo kind of stirred the pot a little bit, and he knew what he was doing belmo he 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 knows what he's doing he's and trolling. Uh, he's trolling hundred percent oh he hundred percent knows what he's doing That's but why then, I like wrote that, him back. Said, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it got me sign with the fam, son. But it got me thinking, like this kind of translates to what like Seinfeld and his friends were saying about going golfing and how it's so challenging, and you you won't really want to do it. But the minute you bring up something like, well, why don't we make bowling league that challenging? And then the minute every you say that, you know, everybody gets involved. Riggles gets involved. My brother, of course, gets involved. And like you know, uh, it's like oh well, everybody would quit and it's a pile and every, on. Oh, but I mean, look, they're they're not wrong. Right, and I want to transition no, this conversation. They're, they're not, not wrong. wrong. So my, so that's the thing is, is like, but my question, and I know we've talked about this a million times on the show, but yeah, but this, you know what? It's an it's a it's an important topic, and that's why it keeps coming up. That's why I keep. That's why that's why the things that I say relating to this topic get a, a response. Yeah. Hey, Dan Dalton, I want to read a comment real quick. He received his worst of the week Rosenberg yesterday. Holding it yesterday, I can feel the power it possesses. Multiple 300s and 800s in your future. Dan, that rosin bag comes with a 300-800 guarantee. And it's the rosin bag. It's the rosin bag. It's a guarantee. It comes with it. So I'm not giving you your money back if you don't, Remember but that. it's a guarantee. I don't know what I'm guaranteeing, but Dan, thanks for the support, bro. We appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate it. it. Anyway, so back to the, the, the point here is um, – why is it that everybody wants to play golf because it's so challenging? But if you make bowling that challenging, nobody wants to do it. I don't. I, I mean, I, I I can answer that if you want me to answer that. People aren't going to like my I'm, answer. I'm, I mean, I'm it's serving egos. It up to you. It's egos. I'm, I'm serving it's, it up. It's to the you, fact Mike. that the only people really left in the bowling community are those that stuck around. Either they're relatively new. Where they only do it as a social thing, 
or they stuck around because they're here for the resume of achievements. Okay, so here's my question. Now, do you feel, because I feel this way in a little bit, that the new generation of bowlers coming up, the young the young bulls, right? And I'm talking like... So so glad you're going to say this. It's funny, because we didn't talk about this at all off the air. No. And what, you're, what you are about, I already know what you're going to say, and what you are about to say is exactly what I wanted to talk about when I said I'm going to double down on my take tonight. Right. Okay. I so feel go like ahead. Young, you, you say it. You say I it. I feel like the young, the young bulls are to the point now where they all they want to do is bowl on sport shots and in, in, in harder conditions. They don't want to bowl on house conditions. Um, and I feel like junior gold is probably a, a big part of, of, of that, of them growing up at junior gold, realizing if they want to compete at junior gold, they're probably going to have to challenge themselves and learn how to bowl on, on the, on the tough stuff. And then college, you bowl for college. It's mostly on patterns. I don't think there's any house stuff that's, unless it's the local. Keep like, going. Keep going. Yeah, college, right? Um, high school bowling, right? I feel like is on is on challenging mm, stuff to not a really, degree. not no. really. No, okay. I'd say no, probably. Okay, but so, but I also feel like high school bowling is sort of like the introductory level of competitive bowling, right? Like like you're gonna have some kids that bowl high school that are that go on to bowl college, bowl junior gold, bowl storm youth events, bowl the Billy Gasson team thing. Dude, the PBA bowl junior, all this, right? right? PBA bowl youth, all this right? Stuff. But then you're also going to have kids on the high school team who only bowl for their high school team. Right. Right. So so you're going to have a mix there. So, like, I, I'm, I'm okay with the easier conditions at the high school level, especially for junior, you know, junior varsity or kids just starting out. I think that it's kind of important to maybe bowl on that easier stuff so you can just concentrate on – on forming your game. Um, but you are right. You are absolutely right in the sense that any competition past high school for junior bowling, okay, is bowled on something tough at this point. Storm Youth Events, the Billy Gass and Team Event, Junior Gold Leagues, Junior Gold Tournament, PBA Junior, Elite Youth Tour, I mean, do I need to keep going? Junior Team USA, like <clears throat> this is all, this is all sport, okay? And and there's and let's beat Rob. There's huge numbers. There's huge numbers of bowlers involved in these levels, okay? So the point I wanted to make in this conversation is that if we don't make this change, if we don't either force people to start bowling on stuff that's that's more more a reflection of the real challenge of the game okay or if we don't create more of a distinction between the two all right and try and force people over to the to the more challenging side of the game once they've reached a certain level then then the house side of the game is going to die too the recreational league side of the game is going to die too, and that's what I. That's when I said I was going to double down on my take tonight. It's exactly what I meant. There's, there's my second bet, okay? Because not only am I saying that that we should something to encourage to challenge themselves, but I'm also saying that if we don't do that. The recreational side of the sport, league side of the sport is going to die too. And the reason I feel that way, Rob, 
is just because of what you just said. Because, Rob, where are all those bowlers that you just talked about, that I just – where are all those bowlers going to go when they're done with their career, with their junior career? What, they're going to go join their local house league and beat up on Mama Mia on house shots? They ain't going to do that. And what? And hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, let me finish. What are their other options for outlets? The occasional tournament. I mean, even Greg Tack, who runs New Jersey Sport Bowling, they're one of the stronger organizations around. Nebo, one of the stronger organizations around. What do they have? Twelve events a year, ten events a year. I mean, that's not much at all. No, no, no. Nebo's Nebo's mostly on patterns. Mostly on patterns. They used to be on house. Well, I think, Rob, at a certain point, like, like, what year would you say? To me, it's. I'm going to give you a sort of a recent year, but what year would you say the demarcation between sport bowling and recreational house shot bowling became abundantly clear? What year was it? Around what time period was it to you? Um, So I'm thinking. I went to college in '99, and. That wasn't a distinction yet because most of our oh my tryouts- god, it wasn't even close. No, it wasn't, Rob, it wasn't even close. We no. used to show up to tournaments where they did put out sport patterns, and we didn't even know what the hell they were. Yeah, the first we, lane graphs, lengths, yeah. volumes, the first, like the first no, exposure. It was just throw uh, your ball down the lane and figure out what they're doing. They're tough. Okay, the first exposure I got to sport patterns was at the high roller, the late nineties at the high roller. Nobody knew what. Those weren't considered sport patterns, though. I they know were, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Bixby, what's up, Bix? what's up, Bixby? What's up, I know. What's good? So uh, she says 2003. I got to be honest, Bix. I think you're way early on that. 2003. I graduated sport- college in 2003. When like, did USBC have their sport? Like I'm when talking about when sport? did it become crystal clear? Like the majority of of you know, bowlers, competitive bowlers. No, okay. There's this side and there's this side. I'm gonna say it was like five oh six when I graduated college around there, that area. Man, I I might even go later than that, man. I might even say it was like 2010. No, nah, I don't. I think that's too late. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I mean, I. I, nah, I don't know. I think man. It was way earlier than that. But I mean, the first the the first we got of of a sport condition really was the the mistake they thrown at Stonehenge at the Teen Masters in 97. No, my well we went to Junior Gold before that. Right, Junior Gold were, was 2 months before that and we bowled They were putting out like, easy shit at Junior Gold though. No so they weren't. No way. Were. You didn't go the first year. You didn't go the first it. year. I saw Orlando though in 99 it was fucking Okay, well this was this was Reno in 98. And I'm yeah. telling you, I attest they were tough. Fagan missed the cut. They were tough, bro. And the cut yeah. was minus. So I guess minus. So I I mean, but again, like when we went out to that tournament, we were some of the better junior bowlers in the country, and we had no idea what a sports shot even was. So we had no idea about a pattern. I'm talking about when that knowledge was universal, and and I remember the first like the first generation of bowlers I remember really being like cognizant of that stuff. I'll be honest with you, was like Matt Russo, like when Matt Russo was in high school. I remember watching him bowl and. Like seeing the bowling balls he was using and how he was playing lanes and and being like, man, like this kid understands the game, like in a way outside of this this normal, you know, house shot stuff. And I I realized then, like, oh yeah, these kids are bowling on this all the time. Like they know they 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 know this inside and out. 
right? And that that was probably you know in like the two two thousand maybe that was maybe even two thousand twelve two thousand thirteen. No, but we had that when I was bowling in college. We had tough shots that we they put out for us. No, you're not. The- you're. We're on a different page. We're on a different page. I'm not asking when we had tough shots. It's not what I'm asking. I'm asking when the 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 demarcation between the two sides of the game became crystal clear to where everybody knew it. Everybody, people start asking, Oh, what's this tournament? What are they bowling on sport or house? You know, when did that start happening? Like that didn't start happening until later. You know, we would, we would go to tournaments and not even know what we, what they were putting out. It could could be whatever, you know, there were no graphs, there were no, uh, you know, volumes and lengths and all this other stuff that, that they have today. But nonetheless, I want to get back to my original point. What what are the other outlets for these young kids that you mentioned, Rob? The regional the, PBA regionals, which okay. are to me bingo, right? Short season, okay. Two hundred and fifty dollars a pop to bowl, just to bowl. That ain't counting travel, that ain't counting hotel, etc. And you got to go bowl against the best competition in your whole in your whole area, okay? Bad. PBA regionals are, are okay. All right. It's a, it's so, so, wh- so, what are the outlets for these for these young kids? Nothing. They're not there. So, what? Do, so, what do we need to do? Right. We need to create those outlets that they're going to want to bowl in. You know, and we're not we're not even trying to do that. Like the bowling community in general isn't even really trying to do that. Yeah, it's amazing how like other sports, like you have like. Uh, you, you, you have a path to the pros, right? Even golf, right? Where you have a path to the pros. There's a lot of different routes you can take. And I, I don't really know a whole lot about those paths in golf, but I know they're there. Bowling, and I, I mean, just from my own experiences, like once you graduate college, essentially you need you need a full-time, you, you needed a full-time sponsor or parents that had a ton of money or you had uh, somebody who was willing to put up you know, thousands of dollars, and then you'd end up having to give 50% of your winnings to, um, in order to try to make it on tour. It, 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 you need, if you actually had to get a job and get a career, um, you know, you couldn't really bowl for a living unless you, your career was in the bowling industry, right? Where you own the pro shop or you own some businesses where you could have someone run the pro shop or you can go bowl, but the outlets for it, the regional the regional PBA regional um, circuit is broken. Okay. Just being in the West coast, you guys in the East coast have it easy with the regionals where you guys live. You could go and bowl probably any regional and not drive more than six to eight hours, maybe max. Right. You you're on the West coast, bro. If you live in SoCal or if you live in even Vegas, they have regionals in Oregon in, in in Northern California where you have to drive 12 to 15 hours. And, you know, l- let me, l- I'm going to get it on Packy a little bit right now. Okay. I'm going to get it in a little bit on Packy's ass. Okay. Packy put a YouTube video on his YouTube channel talking about all of his expenses. Okay. About bowling the regional and his expenses. And he did this whole thing where he was bowling and he showed what he was paying. What a crock of shit video that was. He didn't put up about where he stayed. He stayed at someone's house for three days, which cost, you know, nothing, right? So he didn't even have a hotel expense. I'm pretty sure he won the tournament, right? So he got about 2500 for it. So he ends up showing after, like, he's plus, like, 
fifteen. Let me go to a tournament and do an expenses where I don't have someone to stay with. I have to drive fifteen hours. Um, I have to take off of work on a Friday, right, to drive right every weekend. Yo, let me tell you, bowling regionals full time. It's the most unprofitable thing you'll ever do. You have to literally finish in the top three to five every tournament, and you have to travel with three guys. You have to cram in those two or four rooms. Bro, the regional circuit is broken. It's a hard thing to do to bowl these things full time. And and you know what? <clears throat> They're very – again, it's like a short season. You know, In order to really like get better, you really have to, to bowl on this stuff on a more regular basis, like in leagues. You know, that's where most bowlers get a, a fair amount of their work in, right? And, you know, so so my, my point uh, today on Twitter, you know, people can laugh at me or whatever. I mean, and I'm not I'm not even being 100% serious. You know, what I'm saying, I'm saying somewhat tongue-in-cheek. I know that I know that we don't want to take go from where they're at now to a one-to-one U.S. Open uh, pattern. I know that that would be a little bit extreme. But, you know, listen – People can make fun of me if they want. They can troll me if they want. That's fine. I laugh at it. It's cool. But, again, I'm going to say, I, I believe that what Rob said before is absolutely 100% correct, and one of two things is going to happen. Either we are going to adapt to what the new generation of bowlers wants, which is more demanding conditions, okay, and we're going to bring those people into the game regularly as, as every year league bowlers, okay? And some of them are going to go further than that. Or we're going to continue to only really highlight the recreational side of the game, let the sports side of the game kind of dwindle over here. Everything remains the same as it is. And we as the bowling community lose the opportunity to bring in all of these young people, all of this new blood, who, like you said, Rob, have had these experiences in their own bowling careers where they don't really want to bowl on, on, on nonsense. They want to bowl think, on though, something challenging. Mike, I think there's a big, big thing that we're missing here. String pins. Okay, because that is that is really going to get thrown into the mix here in the next two to five years. Believe me. Believe me, I'll yell it till I'm blue in the face, Mike. Oh, it's already happening. It's it already is. Happened. And it's going to be a very uh, well. See, I mean, it's the USBC. I, I put that out on Twitter a couple of weeks ago too. We have, a, you know, we didn't put that down on our list of things to talk about here. But if you want to, you know, talk about it a little well, bit, I'm just can. saying is like this. But is like the USBC, it's bullshit. Like it, they, 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 they put another knife in in the back of of, of competitive bowling uh, and bowling in I, general because by so. them by them sanctioning it, even as a separate division. What it allows is it allows bowling centers to say, all right, we're going to make the switch and we're just going to sanction in a separate division. And that's it. And bowlers don't really care about it. Bowlers are just going to say, oh, it's sanctioned, it's sanctioned. It's a necessary evil. String pins is a necessary evil. If string pins are going to keep the bowling centers open in the long run, it's a necessary evil. Okay, let me ask this. A lot of people that I talk to when I bring up string pins say they'll quit. They'll quit if it goes string pins. Oh, please. They say people say they're going to stop watching – you know, oh, I'm not watching. You ever see these WWE fans? Oh, I'm going to stop watching. No, so, I don't. My I don't guy, I'm, not, I'm not friends I'm, with any WWE fans. Oh, I'm bad friends with a lot of them. What I'm just saying is these keyboard warriors, they go, oh, oh, he didn't win Stumpo. the championship. Stumpo's oh. a WWE fan. Yeah, ask Stumpo. Point. No, ask Stumpo. Case in, point. 
you know how many people that say, oh, I'm going to stop watching because my guy didn't win. Oh, this is terrible. And then every week they watch it and then they get on the internet and they say, oh, I'm going to stop watching because this. It's like, dude, you keep watching and you keep talking about how you're going to stop watching, but you're going to keep watching just like bowling. Trust me. They're going to put the string pins. Oh, I'm going to quit if string pins happen. And then they guess what? They're going to keep bowling. All right. But OK, so let, let's take because people also say they're going to quit if they make them tough. So do you think they're lying on that or no? <laughs> that I don't know. <laughs> that I don't know. Okay. So let's that assume, I don't know. Let's, assume uh, let's assume for a second that they're telling the truth about quitting if it goes string pins. Okay. okay let's assume that – here's my question. <laughs> why, does, why does no one care about that? Like the USBC won't, will never support – tougher lane conditions or sanctioning only tougher lane conditions because they would Chad would claim that everybody would quit and we're here to provide the consumers with an experience, et cetera. Well, why aren't they trying to stop string pins then? If a lot of people out there are saying that they'll quit if things go string pins. Because the bowling centers don't care. The bowling centers care about the recreation side of the game. They care about people showing up Saturday night to global and to pay for $9 beers and $17 chicken tenders. Okay. And those people aren't going to quit because of string pins. They don't know the difference between string pins and free fall pins. So they're not quitting. Well, but no, what's can... going to happen is when they when, <laughs> when they leave that flat 10 that should have been a 5-10, okay, they're now not going to blame it on the ball. They're going to blame it on the string pins. And, uh, and that's going to become the new thing in bowling is, oh, these, these string pins got me. The string pins got me. You know, like that's going to become the new excuse. But again, like, I don't know. It's just interesting to me that there's always so much concern about all oh, these people are going to quit if we make them tough. But when you have people saying they're going to quit if we go string pins, USBC's just uh, rolling out the red carpet saying, yeah, go ahead, make them all string pins. You know, people are so. quitting anyway right now. I mean, the membership has been declining. Oh, I know. Forever. I know. That's why these um, dopes that text me, these dopes that text me out of the blue and, and say, oh, this isn't going to do anything to grow the game. Sport won't. Sport bowling won't do anything. I said, I tell them, yo, are oh. you a dope? Like, have you been looking at the numbers the last thirty years, or, or like, or is your head just buried completely I gotta, in the sand? I got to pull this comment up because Kevin, this couldn't be further from the truth. Chad is in no shape or form Vince McMahon of bowling. And there's one stat you could look for. Look at the viewership of people that watch and buy wrestling since Vince McMahon took over. And look at the membership on when Chad took over and see how that how that is. Chad's the Patrick Monahan <laughs> of bowling. Okay. Anyway, so Chad is the of- Patrick Monahan. Is that the PGA guy's name? Is yeah, that his name? Monahan, right? I'm is not gonna get it? on my wrong. I'm not going to get on Chad, right? I, like I will. I, I know you will. I don't know. Jeff Riggles loves to get on Chad, right? I mean, he's the number one. Like, I'm not going that he's, far. He's I'm, the I'm not one. going that far. You know, and look. That's, Chad, that's war. That's war. Chad, Chad has, you know, done this a lot to himself. You know, a lot of the criticism is rightfully so in the last, like, you know, God, probably years. But. Uh, anyway, back to the point is the future of bowling uh, is is in is in a very in a weird place, right? With the you know with the string pins, we know it's coming. Um, the younger generation growing up on sport shots and wanting a sport, but will the houses you know convert over to to capture those those people? 
I'm not sure, but all I'm saying is, yeah, it's going to be in a weird spot here for a while. Dougie, what's up in the chat? Making a comparison between sushi and string pins. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. String string pins are uh, the people that say they're quit are the people that haven't ever bowled with them. Just like people that say, I don't eat sushi because it's raw, but there's cooked sushi too. Okay, fair enough. Uh, All right. We ready to move on? We're ready to move on, but we could. Talk, I could talk hours about the future. Yeah, so can I? But listen, I just want to reiterate again how interesting it was to me that we didn't talk about this subject at all, and you brought up the exact point that I was going to make about these young these young folks and the and, and like how many people were going to miss getting them involved in the game for years, for years and years to cater to the egomaniacs who threaten to quit. Okay. Is that really what we should be doing? We should be catering to the egomaniacs who are going to quit, who are going to threaten, so, who are going to okay. say, I'm going to take my ball and like, go home. Then let them the, take their ball. Let's let's turn to the young people who are attending junior gold and all these other tournaments in, in, in the mass, in mass. Okay. And let's try and bring them in the fold. Okay, so a few more minutes here because I want to talk about the point I made on Twitter. Okay, what the USB sheet, what the USBC should really do is they should, if you, they should get rid of the house pattern if you want to bowl in a USBC league. Okay, bottom line, nah, get rid of I don't the house even pattern. agree with that. Listen I, I wouldn't me, even go that far. Let me make my point. Ahead, Let me make ahead, my point. Go ahead. I thought, you, I thought ha- you were done. What should happen is. They should have patterns, right, that the, the league can vote on, right, at the beginning of the year. The USBC okay. maybe gives them a list of seven to ten patterns, and they and they, and, and they rate the, the, the difficulty of the patterns between a one to ten, right? And the league, you know, maybe has one week where they could test the patterns out, uh, all the patterns. And then the next week, maybe they, they, they vote, right, on what patterns they want to use. Maybe they could use three patterns for, for three different quarters of the league, whatever it is, right? Then what should happen is if if the bowling if the bowling center wants to run house leagues, the house themselves should should sanction those leagues. Meaning, if someone bowls a three hundred, the house should buy them a a watch or a ring for their three hundred, right? Whatever it is. But in in order for you to bowl a USBC sanctioned league where you pay for your sanction fees, it should be on some kind of pattern. And I'm not t- talking about putting out a US Open pattern, right? Maybe ease them into it, right? Ease the patterns into it. Maybe you know you don't make it a super challenging pattern, but you make it a pattern that you can't just throw it to like the one board and you strike, right? Like it's got to be you know something that will bring that bring the averages down and gives people a taste of the patterns, but don't make it too difficult to, from the beginning, right? And I feel like that's would be a disaster if they went from like being a house pattern to like a U.S. Open pattern, like overnight, right. people yeah, no won't doubt. be able to handle that transition. So that's yeah, my no like question. solution right now. Why they'll never do it is because the USBC is afraid of losing membership. And what happens when they lose membership? They lose money, right? And it, it all comes down to the membership numbers, right? If the, if the, yeah, if but the at USBC- the same time, if you're catering to those people to keep them as members, but you're losing out on the opportunity to get all these newer, younger, you know, more, more, um, more marketable, you know, people, more sellable, uh, people, uh, coming in Then I, I don't know. I mean, to me, that seems, that seems, no, see, John, they didn't attempt this because they didn't get rid of the house conditions. As long as the house shots are there, right. The people are going to choose the house. shots. 
people are going to choose the house shots. And yeah, that, that's, that's oh, look, it's the way it is. What they need to do is they need to say, no, no house shots. If you want to be sanctioned by the USBC, here are the patterns that you need to lay out in order to be sanctioned. Now, how they govern that and test that, look, I'm not, I don't work for the USBC. All I'm saying is that there's got to be eventually something that the USBC does that essentially caters to the new generation coming in, which I feel like wants to be challenged and they want to bowl on, on the more challenging stuff. Uh, I mean, listen, uh, we talk about this all the time. I, th- I constantly think about this. I mean, I'm at a point where I, I feel like, like I feel I feel like I feel like we should we should be running bowling sometimes is what I think <laughs> in my head because I think about this nonsense uh, so much. But yeah. um, so here's here's what I would do. Here's what I would like to see done. If you put me in charge tomorrow, here's what I would do. I would create different tiers. I would create three different tiers. There would be the recreational tier. There would be the challenge tier, and there would be the sport tier. Okay, there would be three different tiers of sanctioning. The sport tier of sanctioning would be the most expensive tier of sanctioning. So if you want to sanction at the sport level, it's it's going to cost you a decent amount of money out of your pocket, way more than it costs right now to sanction. But with that fee, you're going to get a lot for your fee. You're going to get a subscription to Bowl TV. You're going to get uh, discounts on bowling balls from uh, from manufacturers. You're going to get other things, okay, because we're the USBC and we can make things happen like that. So your sports sanctioning is going to be the highest level and is going to be the most expensive. Your challenge sanctioning is going to be right in the middle, okay? It's not going to be as expensive as the sport, but not as cheap as the recreational. And the recreational is your cheapest sanctioning, and, and you you pretty much keep it as it is now. And for the recreational sanctioning, you really don't get that much. You, know, you really don't get that much. You, you get you, you, know, you shoot a three hundred, you get a you get a little keychain or something, okay? Now you shoot three hundred at the sport level, you get a legit ring. Okay, get a nice ring. We redesign the ring. We make it legit. And here's why. Because there ain't going to be too many of them. You know you ain't, you ain't giving out you know, thousands of rings a year, and there's no way. Okay, there's, there's likely only to be a handful of them. Okay, and those people are already paying a really high sanctioning fee. So you'll be able to afford to cover those costs. All right, and to me, what that would be, that what that would do is you'd create these tiers. You know, you could have the 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 governing body kind of keep an eye on everyone, okay, and suggest to people when it's time for them to move up. Right? You start at the recreational level, or you can be evaluated before you come into to adult leagues. You know, if you're a junior gold bowler, they look at your junior gold record. Okay, maybe you're you're approved to start at the challenge level or the sport level, okay. But most people come in, they start at the recreational level. After they accomplish a certain thing, they average 210, they shoot 300, they shoot 800. There's like a checklist, almost like a checklist of here's the things you have to do. Now you get invited to the challenge level. Would you like to come and join this challenge level? Here's all the leagues in your area that bowl at the challenge level. Would you like to join this level? Then once you're at the challenge level, you you, know, you accomplish things there, check boxes, check boxes. You get invited the to the sport is- level. The yeah, problem because is you're barely getting even twenty guys at your sport league week. You know I know, I mean? so I know but you like, got to start somewhere. You got to force everybody to bowl in the sport. You have to literally. No, like- but don't don't you think that the that like see to me 
People the aren't going to pull support. The one, as long no, as the House one guy there. shooting 300, the one guy shooting 300 and getting his keychain, okay, and then another guy shoots 300 in the sport level and comes in with his ring, that guy who got the keychain is going to want that ring. And that's why he's going to go up and try and bowl at that level. Uh, and he might never that. get the ring. He might never get the ring, but they're going to continue to chase it. because. And I'm going to wrap this up by going back to your Jerry Seinfeld about golf. The interesting thing to me in this argument about house conditions, and this came up on Twitter today too because predictably somebody always says this, and I think today it was Jeff Rickles of all people who I kind of surprised me that he would say this. But he was like, oh, yeah, because, you know, the, the average Joe recreational bowler, yeah, they want to go out and struggle while they have their, their recreational fun. Here's what I don't get. Why has the bowling community at large come to associate having fun with throwing 30 strikes a set? Okay. Fun. Throwing 30 strikes no, a set. No, no, but like, no, see, that's where you are all wrong. That's why golf is the way it is. Because what's fun, what's fun is the is the Several instances you have in a day in a golf course in a round of golf where you hit that really good shot and you ace it. And it's like, man, oh, look at that shot. Oh, my God. What a shot. Oh, if I could just hit it like that every time, I'd, I'd be on tour. Okay? Now, chances are you can work your whole life. You ain't going to be able to hit it like that all the time. But there's that that enjoyment of, of being able to do it in those instances where yeah. you did it. Yeah, okay. And bowling is the same way. I see it all the time. Guys struggle, struggle, struggle. They get up, they throw three good shots in a row, and they triple, and they feel like they just crushed the world, right? And that's to me that that's what we don't have. But all right, let's move right, on. Let's move on. We have a lot of PWBA. A lot of PWBA action. A lot of PWBA action that we've missed over the last couple weeks, uh, from not being on, and then from you not being here last week. Uh, we know Nico. Where's Nico? Nico's our guy for the P, for the PWBA action. We may even bring up his uh, his rundowns here and, and do those uh, and share those as, as we go throughout. Uh, but obviously, Rob, we don't have time to get into uh, a breakdown of every single match and every single step ladder. So uh, why don't we summarize summarize the action for the people here? Four winners the last four PWBA tournaments: Stephanie Zavala, the Bull TV Open. Verity Crawley. Um, Hold on. Let's stop. Let's stop for a second. Stephanie Zavala was against Shannon Pulowski. Yes. Okay. Honestly, might have been one of the worst games I ever seen Shannon Pulowski bowl. You know, yeah. That I can remember. I mean, right. I, you never see her look lost. And in I that match. She, she struggles in the finals, though, I kind of feel like. Yeah, I when? don't know what her record is. I don't know what her her record is in the in the in the, in the step ladder, but I feel like she struggles more than she wins on the step ladder. I just I have no data supporting that argument. That's just what I kind of feel like. Like you don't see her in the winner circle as much as she should be. I mean, should I feel I feel like I feel like she's the lefty goat. She did start out with the wrong ball. Nico has it down. She did start out using I believe some kind of like high performance. Uh, I don't know what are the new Abenite balls. I think, and then yeah, then it, then at one point she went to no, then she went to a mindset. Right, she went to a Brunswick mindset for and a few shots. The purple, and, and then, then she, she went to the purple. God, how did the purple ball? Yeah, you could just 
It's crazy how good. See, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I I rarely think of her as struggling to get find it or struggling to you know hit the pocket. Uh, you know, I just and and Zavala, man, she amazes me with the way she bowls. Like the angles no, that she plays on the lanes yeah. are just yeah. they're disgusting, bro. She like how some, like, how is she repeating that? How is she repeating having the ball cross so many boards and getting it so far right with so much side on it that the ball is like it's going this way in the back of the lane? Like she it's was diving. Using an, okay, using an afterburner, I believe, which is also I, a really you know, I don't get it. Ball. I don't yeah. get it. I, every time I watch that girl bowl, you know she I'm reminds like, me of magic tricks, bro. Man, I used to watch Brian Kretzer bowl at the high roller. No. Kretzer used to start no. like 25, and he used to swing it out to like the gutter. And used to be like, how the hell is he even doing this? But his hand would be on top of the ball, like if you actually slowed mo. It was amazing to watch, but I don't know. I, I, feel like, I feel like that's an insult to Stephanie Zavala comparing her to Kretzer, to be honest with you. Kretzer was an, the best amateur, one of the best amateur bowlers. I understand of that. All time. I understand that, but I think that his game – was was Pete like like it was a hot sorry hot. Nico I, I apologize Nico for getting the ball wrong it was a burner not an afterburner I will apologize for making that we mistake. ain't on staff around here son we ain't on yeah, staff we it was some kind of you. burner fuck it I don't sorry some kind of burner um, um anyway so um, so uh, you know it's just Kretzer like to me he could do it all he could he would take eight steps he would take six steps. He would throw it straight with no hand. He would hook the whole lane. He would play the track. He would throw it hard. Miles. He would throw it soft. To me, Zavala, she's always doing something similar. She's always big angle, a lot of side rotation. Right, but that's why I'm comparing it to our right break point. People in the track, in the it has nothing to do with 11 steps. or she. Or yes, she, it does. No, I'm talking about the angles. Points. I'm talking about the angles that they play on the lane. Yeah, it was very, it's very similar to me. Anyway, okay, enough about Stephanie Zavala. To me, to me, she's Pete Weberish. Yeah, Pete Weberish was Kretzer-like, too, in a weird way. She's they like both Pete Weberish. Like, they both I'm love this little hook. I'm going to make the ball dive just, in the back part just, of the lane. Just... <sighs> Six. Just slow it. Just slow it down. Um, All right. So she wins. Uh, stays. Stays hot. You know, following up. She her, got lucky. Her. Though. She got lucky in, in a couple of those matches to win. She really did. She every time it seemed like it. she split. It takes that if you're going to make a run. I'm not saying she was lucky to win. I'm just saying she got lucky in a few of those matches. Like she in, in really opportune times, her opponent was never able to like put her away. They always gave her back the match. Um. Well, I mean, she bowling her, I think, is probably a, a mental hill for some of these uh, less experienced oh, players to get over. Right, because she she was one of the – did she win player of the year last year? Uh, it was a rookie of the year. Wasn't last year. Brianna Cote won last year. Okay, okay. Yeah. She's rookie of the year, but she won a couple times, though, didn't she? I know she had a really good season. She so. did. Nico yeah. probably knows in the chat when Zavala, but I believe True. Zavala. All right, so next event. Next event. I believe it was very Crowley one. Uh, she beat uh, Bur Bridget Bur Norris. Bur Bur Burgit, is that how you say it, or is it Bridget? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. Anyway, anybody's game I love the most on on the PWBA tour, other than Kelly Kulik's game, I love Vary Crowley's game. 
I can watch Verity Crawley throw the ball all day. She's so smooth. And you can tell she's worked so hard. You know, in college, I believe she went to Weber, I believe. Yeah. Um, she worked so hard. And she's so smooth. And she's just great. Like, I love watching her bowl. Um, and, uh, you know, she it was good to see her win. I, she hasn't won, I believe, since 2021. So it's been a few years for her. And, um, you know, she just had a great look and she just kind of made the right moves and ended up bowling 250 in the finals. Uh, well, they were playing, they were playing so deep in that. I mean, for, for, for the, the women's side of the game, I mean, not comparatively to the men, they weren't that deep, but uh, they were playing so deep in that match that it was pretty clear that Verity had a distinct advantage, a distinct advantage just because of the rev rate, you know, and like they were playing, yeah, they were kind of playing a, a, a shot that reminded me a lot of back in the day, Rob. Oh, like that's they, what I was thinking too. I, I said to myself, "Man, I'd probably really like this shot." I'd whack this shit, right? <laughs> fall back, in the grab, fall it, back. grab it, grab yeah, it, and yeah. grab it, and get your arm swing going across, yeah. and you're going to be good. And, and the ball was not hooking a lot down lane, you know. And oh, look at this yeah. crushing, uh, crushing on Verity. I mean, look like. I might be blushing a little bit. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Mary's cute. I, mean, I think she's in a relationship. I don't know. I saw something <laughs> on social media. Um, she does really good though. That yeah, the line that they were playing in that, particularly in that title match, was just uh, it was very reminiscent to me of of like back in the day. And when I saw the way that that Noriks was gonna play them, I was like, oh, this is this is okay. I gotta get not gonna be much of a match. I, I gotta, I gotta get something off my chest. Berg, Berg, Berg or Bridget, or I, I'm not, I'm not a fan of her style. I, I'm not. She's got this little like hitch at the at the, at the end of her like at the end of her swing that I'm not a huge fan of, and it it kind of annoys me when I watch her bowl. You watch Verity bowl and then you watch her bowl, and it's like Verity is is so much smoother and so much just. Everything about Verity's game is so much better than Bergie's, but I hope I'm saying it right. Um, but like Bergie, she scores. I mean, she she's bowling great at the U.S. Open right now. So like, you can't like question. Well, how- because yeah, I think because a lot of the times, like on that side of the game, that you're you can you can shut the angles down and still have a lot of success. You know, and and Verity can not only shut the angles down, but can open them up as well. Zavala can open them up. But there are a lot of players out there that kind of always keep the angles closed. I mean, look at Liz Johnson. You know, Liz Johnson has has you know become the goat off of that. So on that side of the game, it definitely becomes easier to sort of keep those angles closed, play that kind of game. Right. You know, sure. but uh, I love I love the way that they were playing them there. All right, next yeah. event. So Verity is rolling, right? She's got momentum. She ends up. In the Makes final the title match of the next tournament, right? Next tournament ends up on Jordan Richard, who the beast. Oh, she's a power. She's like this generation's Tish Johnson. You know what I mean? Like she's power personified, bro. She gets to the left. She uses that RSTX two. She loves that purple RSTX two, and she just moves left and just runs him over. <laughs> it's just like. You know, she's just an interesting. Um, how who's good the she who's is. the best? 
power player. I mean, Tommy Jones, I would probably say, no? Oh, you mean like what would you compare Jordan Richard yeah. to? As, on the guy? As a guy? Yeah. Like, oh, like man, my best power player. Because th- there's there's different power players in every generation, right? And yeah. then you get to the you get to the most recent generation, and obviously it's Belmo, okay, or or it's or it's a two hander uh, of some kind, right? Maybe, right. Well, maybe it's EJ. That's maybe it's EJ. Was. Is it? I mean, my, the first thing I thought of if you wanted to compare like a male version of like kind of the same one handed traditional Jordan, I don't think there's anybody that is like Jordan Richards. So I would say. E- EJ Tackett to me would be that would be like mm. the comparison in, in in a weird way. Even though EJ does have a higher rev rate and does hook it more, but for a lady, uh, Jordan Richard could be the EJ Tackett of the women tour in, in a weird way, right? It's a fair point. I was going to say Tommy Jones just because AJ Johnson's a good comparison too. That, I mean, nah, he hasn't won enough. He hasn't won enough. No, no, I'm talking about some, you know, power, but they're winning. They're winning. Yeah. It's yeah power, but they're winning. And that's what I'm saying. Like Tommy Jones, like she strikes me as that type of talent. You know, EJ Tackett, she strikes me as that type of talent. This was her second beer win. Get. It's beer get. It's beer get. Okay. Beer get. Okay. This is this is this was her second win. Yeah. That was you know? second win. Well then she wins again the next week. She beats three wins. Johnson. I mean, she three. She, she's she's you know, getting out to a player of the year type lead like like Tackett did. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, she's already she's probably already won player of the year, I would imagine. Yeah. Unless don't already, they do it off a point system though, don't they? I don't even know. I can't which is, even which, is, which is which is which is I mean, I know there's been some questionable results in that point system before. I don't remember yeah. exactly what those questionable even, results were, but I, I know there's questionable to results. Theo, what up, man? Theo's uh, cactus tournament's coming up to 10K. If anybody's interested in the Phoenix area, uh, I probably will not be bowling. I'm um, considering I haven't thrown a ball in like two months since my last night of league. But yeah, that's uh, what league does to you. That's what house oh, leagues do. Russell to you. Bolero Mesa. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Enough of uh, the women bowling. The U.S. Open's going on right now. Um, Women's U.S. Open. Senior U.S. Open is coming up. You, you, senior USBC Masters, John Janowitz, winner, first over 50 tournament. Dude. The guy bowls, he wins. Dude's sick. You know Dude's what's funny sick. about John Janowitz is John Janowitz never went on, like, never went full time on tour. I don't think he even, like, bowled on the national tour, went before 50. So I don't think a lot of people who aren't really in the know it and the bowling industry or bowling world know about John Janowitz, right? But if you have grew up in the bowling industry and you know you know who John Janowitz is, right? Um, you know, John Janowitz is a very, very good bowler, a very good bowler, a very smart bowler. Um, and, you know, interesting to see how he's going to do bowling the, the 50, and I think he's going to have a lot of success. So it'll be interesting to see how much more he wins. Uh, Nico, uh, answering the question next Tuesday, U.S. Open on CBS Sports, PWBA. All right, I'm going to vent a little bit on that. Why can't they have that on a weekend? Um, the the PWBA major. Why do I have to rush home at three thirty p.m. to try to watch it? Uh, I, I'm I'm hoping it's not on at four o'clock again my time, um, because like it's just a tough it's a tough day. Uh, why couldn't they have it on a Sunday or a Saturday? 
so people could actually watch it on the weekend. I just don't understand that. Um, anyway, point. Mike, I think you got a good stream. I, you only cut out of once yeah. Or I don't know. Scott's saying bad stream tonight. Cutting in and Does anybody out else? Too often. I don't know. Does anybody anybody have that same problem, or is it, a is it perhaps on perhaps on Scott's end? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, all right, Mike. So check out PWBA next Tuesday. Uh, Bull TV coverage of the 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 uh, well, the U.S. Open. They also was that you said Super Senior was that Senior Senior? No, it was Master. a Senior USBC Master uh, Senior the one. Masters. Yeah, Masters. He won, and then the Senior U.S. Open is coming up. Senior U.S. Open is coming up. Um, all right. Let's Mike, do it. You ready to go? Worst of the week. Let's go. All right, let's go. I'm gonna do mine short and sweet here. Yeah, mine's gonna uh, be a long one. I know. Yeah, mine is mine is from the Motive Bowling Facebook page. Okay. okay. Treasure trove, treasure trove of <laughs> worst of the week material. All right, and the post is by Vinny Adam Romano. Vinny Romano, congratulations! Uh, you've won worst of the week here at Sweep the Rack. Uh, here's the post. I have been bowling on summer leagues, winter leagues, is my question. Is being with the lane condition and the weather. I was wondering if I should use my Venom Shock bowling ball for those playing conditions during summer league or winter league, or should I switch to different bowling balls? Good Lord. I don't, I don't know. I was very... I was very confused by that. Is he is he <laughs> suggesting that we should be choosing bowling balls based off of the weather outside? I've been doing. I have been doing this shit wrong this whole time, son. If that's the case, I have been doing this wrong the whole time. I should have been like Venom Shock IQ well, Tour. That actually probably a funny transition into my worst of the week. Because I might have a bowling ball or two that could. Oh, come Rob's up. coming at big dogs tonight. Rob's coming at big dogs tonight. Be careful. My worst of the week is going to Columbia 300. Okay. Ooh, bowling ball he's company. He's coming at the big dogs. He's coming at the ball company. What in your right mind are you thinking with the names of the bowling balls that you're coming up with? Okay. Why? What? What name? What name is coming out that set you off, son? Tell me why you're mad. The Atlas. Okay, it will guide your high scores. Okay, really? Who in the world is thinking of these names of these bowling balls, Mike? You have one company, Columbia, that's coming up with the Atlas. It will guide you to your scores. The Atlas. There's, there's some people who listen to this podcast that don't even know what that word means, I'll bet. The Atlas. <laughs> you know, they've never even seen it. They've right. never even seen that word. Okay. If you're unfamiliar, an Atlas is a map. It's, it's a book of maps. It's it's the worst it's the worst name you've ever heard, okay? Who uses an Atlas anymore? <laughs> who, who reads maps? I haven't read a map since I was going to JBTs. My dad used to make me yo, read yo, maps to see where we rewind. were going. Remember, we I gave a Deviate a bunch of shit about marketing the two-handed players. Okay, they get worst of the week too, Deviate for their two-handed marketing, and we we I went at them too. Anyway, so Mike, 
I made a couple of calls, right, to some people, found out some of the names of the bowling balls that are going to be coming out in the next six months to, to a year. I have the DL mic and I'm going to share with people, okay? What's coming out after the Atlas, okay? The Compass, Mike, will direct you to the pocket. So if anybody wants to drill a compass, that's the next ball that's coming out after the comp after the Atlas. The, the okay. Pearl version is going to be ways. Ways <laughs> after the compass. After the compass is going to be the map, Mike. When you're lost, when your lanes, when you're lost on the lanes, you could switch to the map, and it will help you get you to your to your to your to your scores. Okay. After that, Mike is the Pearl, the drug. The drug, Mike. When you feel lousy about your game, you can use the drugs to make you feel better. Okay, the drug, Mike, coming out. How about how about the Sherpa? The shirt, <laughs> the Sherpa will guide you on your way. If you are lost, use the Sherpa. The Sherpa, the therapist. Okay, Mike, you could. I'm gonna go ahead to the pro shop and I'll be like, yo, give me two. The pearl version of the therapist and the solid. Because when you're de feeling depressed about your average, just go and use your therapist, Mike. It'll make you feel better, okay? Guess what, Mike? They're also going to be changing their marketing, the, the bowling companies, okay? They're coming out with a two-new ball release. The marathon and the sprint, okay? The marathon bowling ball, Mike, is going to be strictly... For 10 game, 8 game to 10 game marathons. All you need to use is one ball of the marathon. You could use it for the... It says it right on it. Says it right on it. Marathon. The sprint. You're bowling a two-game sweeper. All you need is the sprint, Mike. Next. And last but not least. The airborne, Mike. If you have to loft the gutter and loft it to the arrows, this ball comes aerodynamic. Where actually, when the ball's flying through the air, it's actually going to give you another foot on your on your 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 vertical, and it's going to land by the arrows and takes the heads out of play. So look for those bowling balls, Mike. Don't forget about the southpaw bowling ball, strictly marketed for lefties. Two, forgot about the southpaw. Once you use the southpaw, once you throw the ball right of ten as a lefty, the ball explodes. That's the end of it. You can't use it anymore. It's done. How about the lighthouse? When you're lost, look for the lighthouse. The lighthouse. That oh, could be the tag on it. When you're yeah. lost, when you're in a dark sea of bowling confusion, look for the lighthouse. The lighthouse. Turn to the lighthouse. You know, maybe we could maybe it could have like some sparkles in it. Where it goes down the lane, it looks like it's actually flashing. That would be dope. <laughs> the Gilligan. When you're <laughs> lost, you can drill up uh, the Gilligan. Yo, put yo people in the chat. Put some names of, of balls that you would love to see. But this is where we're getting to, Mike. The Atlas. It will guide you to your scores. The Deviate. Two-handed only. You know what I mean? What about the sandwich, Mike? Maybe you drill the sandwich. If you're hungry to win, you could drill a sandwich. If you're hungry to win, get the sandwich. <laughs> get the sandwich. Get the sandwich out of your bag. Good lord! I swear to God, huh. three, this is it, that's my worst of the week, Mike. Going to the, the Columbia for the the Atlas. Bowling is quite you. corny. Oh, you better off with the track. Too. Track should bring back their numbers. They should just start a one. <laughs> just fucking, you'll never run out, right? Like.
hey, Mike, about to go drill the 1,036. <laughs> like, I mean, like, at this point, what does it really matter? Like, oh, yeah. Mike, go that 1,037 yeah, is coming they're, out. They're, longer they're, and longer. Their number system was too confusing with the 730A. Oh, the 505. 605B. Some of those like, are really good balls. Oh, you know, a oh, man. I swear to God, maybe you know, and then you come out with the porn collection, you know, the prostitute. Go drill a prostitute. All right, you know? all right. We're, getting, we're, we're going off the rails now. We're going off the rails. Wrap it up. <laughs> that new pearl prostitute is, is rolling great. I've drilled three of them already. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Rob. Uh, final thoughts. Go ahead. Oh, on a more serious note, um, I wanted to, because uh, I obviously wasn't here last week. Um, uh, I heard the sad news of uh somebody that I grew up with uh passing away in the bowling world, uh, ex PBA titleist uh Dennis Jakes. Um, and uh, I was really sad to hear that news. Uh, Dennis Jakes, uh, East Coast guy. Um. Actually, New Jersey, was man- guy. New Jersey guy was actually um, a uh, manager at Gil Hodgers Lanes uh, growing up, and he was there for a, a little bit. I-, I don't really know how long he was there, but I remember when he first came in as a manager, it was very exciting as like a 14 or 15 year old who was so like intrigued with bowling and the pros you saw on TV, they, they were like celebrities, right? When you saw a pro. And I remember when you, we heard Dennis Jakes was going to be the manager of the bowling center, like you were so excited, like you actually get to see a guy who won a PBA title was on TV a bunch, you know, actually at your bowling center every day. Um, and, you know, was a great guy, Mike. Uh, treated me, my family, my brothers, everybody around that bowling center, treated them all with respect uh, and was a very hard job to do. Uh, I wish I could have told him not to take the the manager job at Gil Hodges Lanes because uh, I, he, he didn't really probably understand what he was getting himself into uh, with the shit show of a train wreck that goes on in that bowling center when we were kids. Um, but, yeah, uh, great guy. Uh, my thoughts and prayers, condolences out to him, to his family, I mean. Uh, and, yeah, I'm sad to hear it. So just wanted to throw, you know, uh, that out to uh, Dennis Jakes. Kevin Hebert saying $20 to get in to watch at the Women's U.S. Open for one day. Yeah, he saw. I saw that. He Oof. messaged us earlier about that. Oof. And what did they take, 31 out of 39 for the PTQ, I heard, um, you know, to get in there? So, you know, that was, I don't know, $20. People aren't even showing up to Carolier for $5 admissions. I know. Oh. I was just thinking, you took the words right out of my mouth, like, Carolier for the player is only five bucks to get in, and the yeah. USBC is charging twenty. David, I'm glad you brought this up too. I don't want to. I didn't want to uh, not bring up Andy DeFlorio from Upper New York. I knew Andy DeFlorio. Uh, he used to bowl a lot of the high rollers. I used to see him always coming to the bowling center, and he was always a positive, always a great dude. Uh, always would come over, say hello. Um, so yeah, my thoughts and condolences to Andy's family too, as well. Andy was also very, very. Uh, he was a sweet guy and loved bowling. So the bowling community is really small. So when you hear someone, you know, a couple of guys passed away that you knew back in the days growing up, um, it's always sad to hear. So, yeah, my thoughts and condolences to Andy as well, to his family. No doubt. No doubt. Bowling community losing some good people. Yeah. Uh, 
my final I, thought this I, week is just you know looking forward to the women's U.S. Open show. You know, I mean, tough conditions, best bowlers. You know, a lot of storylines. I saw Jordan Richards' name near the top of the leaderboard at some point today when I looked. So yeah, looking forward to looking forward to the competition. I'll be checking that out. Let me ask you, Mike. Do you feel like watching the PWBA the last like three months that it's very similar to the PBA? Where you're probably going to see the same ten to like twelve names yeah. on the show, and you yeah. could probably, I could probably peg five, I could probably peg three to five that'll be on the show. Yeah, you know? but, but, and this is a big but. One thing I noticed while watching the PWBA is that they're not always doing the same thing. They're not always playing them the same way. They're not always breaking down in the same fashion. You know, people are playing different parts of the lane for longer amounts of time. I mean, would you uh, say the P- the PWB? Now, here's a here's a hot question, a hot take. Would you think the PWBA players are more versatile than the PBA players are? Because they have to be. They have to play the patterns the way the patterns are supposed to be played. I'm gonna say no because while there while there are some different things that the women can do that the guys are probably not that accustomed to, there's other things that the guys have to do that I don't think the ladies ever have to do or could do. For instance, some of the things we've seen with loft or just, you know, ridiculous angles in the front part of the lane where you're sliding left gutter hitting the seventh arrow, but getting the ball out to eight as a break point, you know, something of that nature. So, uh, yeah, I, I would I would have to say no in that, but it's just interesting to me. I guess, I mean, I guess the explanation would be that you, you don't have as much uh, breakdown on the lanes because of the rev rate and, and just the way that they play them. They probably start a little bit uh, straighter in the front part of the lane than the guys do. But it's just interesting to me that you can get a bunch of really high quality bowlers in that environment, and you know they're they're not always breaking down the same way. You know they're not they're not always playing the same angles. It seems. Whereas when I watch the PBA, eight times out of ten, it seems that uh, there's they they are playing them very similarly. Well, I'm going to agree with Theo here. Uh, 100% the women are a lot more technical. The guys just overpower whatever is out there while the women actually have to play the pattern that's out there. That's what I'm trying to say is like EJ EJ Tackett, I'm using him as an example, is going to play them very similar. And uh, with the urethane these days, you know, he could kind of – you don't really have to play with the patterns out there for – maybe for a few games until they break down and then he could just move left and overpower them, right? The women, they have to play what's out there because they can't overpower them. They're not, a lot of them aren't. They're not going to break them down as quickly. Right. And they're not using urethane. They're not using urethane, which reason why I probably like watching the PWBA. It's another interesting, I'd like, you know, I'd like an explanation on that too. You know, is it just lack of rev rate? It is hundred percent. Of course, that's what it is. This is a great. This is a great comment. It is. A, Kevin says it. It's a much more relatable game, and it is. Yeah, it I is. agree. I love watching the PWBA because I I see things that I do. I see ways that I play the lanes or play a pattern or you know. Right. Whereas whereas you, you 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 know when I watch the PBA, I rarely see that. You know, no. I'm rarely 
doing the same things that the PBA bowlers are doing or playing them the same ways that the PBA players are playing them. I do think an interesting storyline, and I know Robert Hamilton brought it up in the chat, is Bella made it to the to the to the main field. Um, who we all know is you know one of the the young the young bulls, right? The young the young bulls uh, for the women, and she's a two handed player. I haven't seen watching a lot of the stream. I haven't seen any two handers. I don't think so. I think she's now in a two handed player in a in a one handed uh, you know world, right? So I. It, will she have the same kind of success that Belmo had when he first came in as a two-handed player bowling against majority one-handed players? Um, you know, and I kind of feel like that would be an interesting storyline if Bella made a way to like make it to like the top, you know, last couple cuts, right? Um, so to me, that would be interesting to watch to see how that plays out. So, you know, good luck to Bella. I know she tunes in every once in a while to watch the show. Um, so, you know, I, I, I kind of ruined for her a little bit. So uh, I would love to see her make a run. No doubt. All right, Rob, we're going to wrap it up. Everybody, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it as always. Buy a hit shirt. Hit the Etsy store. Hit the Etsy store. Hit us up on social media. Email us, gmail.com. Reach out to us. Let us know what's good. Uh, I'll be back with the league review next week. We'll have some Keep more PWBA action. Okay, so, you know, see everybody next Thursday. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Enjoy it. Hook your pops up if you're around. Happy Father's Day to the people who don't know they might be fathers. No doubt. No doubt. And uh, we will see everybody next Thursday. Later. You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike.